I've got something a little different for this episode as we talk about gear. We're living in a very exciting time to be a filmmaker. Today, an industrious filmmaker can build a powerful production package of equipment for very little money. But where do you begin? There are so many options and so many pitfalls that if you're not a gearhead, you can easily get lost and spend money on things that you don't need or can't use. I've invited Joseph Palma of B&H Photo and Video to help us navigate the landscape of gear. You're listening to the Ministry of Motion Pictures podcast, where we call filmmakers of the Christian faith to cinematic excellence, bold storytelling, and sound theology. I'm writer, director, and your host, Todd Schaefer. One of the things I find terrifying is choosing what gear I should buy. There are so many hidden costs, so many factors to weigh in choosing any piece of equipment. You could easily spend hundreds of hours watching YouTube reviews on gear to make your decision, hours which would have been better spent in making your film. And this is what I hope to alleviate for you in this episode with my guest, Joseph Palma from B&H Photo and Video. This is episode 41. So what is your title at B&H Photo? I am a, um, I am a chat and email agent. I'm also the trainer for the chat and email department. Mm-hmm. So okay. I help train cool. the uh, agents with the systems, and I also help assign people to the various vendor trainings we have. A lot of people come through B&H to show us their gear so we can sell it to the customers, and I help ah. coordinate sending the various people from my department to those trainings. Okay, good. Um, so the scenario that I posed you, imagine I walked into the B&H store and I tell you that I'm making my first low budget or micro budget feature film and I need your help buying the gear that I'm going to need mm-hmm. on the production. I might not be a professional, and, and but I'm not somebody just screwing around on YouTube doing interviews and tutorials. I don't want to make a feature film with a cell phone. This is a serious endeavor for me. So I want a good image, good sound, and I want to be able to sell my film online. But here's why where I need you to come in and help me out. I don't have time to scour reviews on the internet. I don't have a, a whole lot of money. I want to buy wisely, which means I don't want to spend money on items that aren't going to last long, either because they're not very durable or because the technology is going to be obsolete quickly. And I don't want to buy things that have a lot of fancy bells and whistles that I'm never going to use. I, I'm also going to need to know what gear I'm going to need that I may not have thought about. Because I don't want to get on location with my actors and find out that the batteries for this camera I have are only lasting 15 to 20 minutes. And then I need five more to finish out the day or my storage is maxing out with my 2K high res recording format. Mm-hmm. So I'm here asking you, help me out. What, what, what kind of package? Can you just take away the mystery for me and just give me something that I'm going to be able to make a good film with? So that, that's the scenario that I posed you with. And you've done quite a bit of research to to get yes. get this package together for me. And I'm surprised that it's only just it's just over five thousand dollars for the total package that we're gonna go through right now. So I guess we'll start with the camera. Yes, that's the place to start. And um so based on what you said, I decided to go with the pocket cinema camera four K. Mm-hmm. It's 4K, which is nice right off the bat. Yeah. And it has a lot of the great filmmaking features. It records raw uh, for somebody who is going to go in and do their post-production, do their color correcting after the fact. It's 4K. It's got a nice big screen on it, which I like. I think that's a nice thing to have. 
and it's actually it's getting really really good reviews for this this product it's got a really great rating it's mel it's well made it's like a little tank the little thing so i really like this um this camera and for the price the, the price is fantastic and that's one thing with a lot of the black magic stuff in general is their prices just tend to be really fantastic for what they do compared yeah. to a lot of other products so that just seemed like a no-brainer to start off with for a filmmaker yeah. on a micro budget the pocket cinema camera 4k is great yeah so it's 1300 for a few hundred you more you could get the 6k that's got the um the super 35 sensor rather than the 43 sensor Yes, and it's an EF mount too. Yeah, it's so a different mount. Yeah, that helps. Maybe there's a lot more EF lenses out there, um, so that's one thing that you could consider if you went up to the 6K. But just trying to keep it on that micro budget, the 4K is really yeah. good. And there's a lot. There's a lot of uh, MFT mount stuff that's out there right now too. And if somebody is going to be a adapting lenses mft is like the mount you want just because of the the flange distance and the mirrorless you can have a lot more adapter options in the future if you have somebody who happens to have ef lenses or has pl lenses there'll be more adapter options for someone down the line whereas if you Mm -hmm. get an ef mount camera you're you're ef basically Mm mm-hmm Good. You're not going to be adapting that to other things. So that's the one reason why I like that camera yeah. for this scenario. Right. No, it's a great camera. I think it's a fantastic choice. If you move along to it, another thing I like is the next thing, the first thing is you missed about media. I like that the camera has the ability to go to those those portable SSDs that are coming out now that are inexpensive. Oh, okay. Give you fast, fast media. So I chose the Wise one terabyte. Uh-huh. It's on their list for most of the Kodaks. I believe it. Um, I believe if you needed to, well, Blackmagic has an updated list on their website, and they update it as drives come out. But this is on their list. One terabyte drive. You can get a two terabyte drive. Two mm-hmm. terabyte drive if you wanted to up it a little bit. But I like the one terabyte. I liked it. It comes with a mount. It comes with the mount already with the shoe mount. So there's a way that you can rig this up. You don't have to buy an additional piece if you don't want to to rig the drive okay. onto the camera. Oh, nice. That's very nice. So how much so – do I just need one of those or, or should I get a couple of those? I mean, I you're probably going to want to get multiple of them or if, you know, if you're going to be on a shoot and you're going to offload, but mm-hmm. you're, you're okay. probably going to want to get more than one. Yeah. I mean, for sure. that kind of goes with any kind of drive situation. But I put just the one on there. But yeah, you're probably going to yeah. get okay. either a two terabyte or probably smart to go terabytes. with a one terabyte since if, sure. if it, something goes wrong with it, you're not losing two terabytes of stuff. But then it's also easier to offload one terabyte. Yes. You know, I, you know, quickly. And then if you had two of them, then you're just rotating them. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing to consider. And um, it's kind of a thing I've always thought too. I, I actually, before I worked to be an I was a wedding videographer <laughs> and i like oh, okay good yeah i like to i you know there's always bigger storage but i'm like i'm always leery of bigger because of yep. what you just said if something goes wrong and we hope nothing ever goes wrong and these drives are tested and they're high quality but that's something goes wrong or heaven forbid you yes. lose it it's not the worst thing in the world to have the the, the footage sp- spread out over a multiple right. um drives that's right. as opposed to losing everything yep so that's one thing. I would agree consider. with that. Good. That's one thing. Um, 
Now the next thing I I talked about lenses. Yep. There's so many lenses. I mean, that's it's ridiculous the amount of lenses you can go with. But I like Sigma. Um, I like some of their stuff. And for a micro budget, that's what I went with. I went with the Sigma. We have a kit that has a 16, a 30, and a 56. These are their uh, contemporary lenses that they make for the smaller mirrorless cameras. And I went with that. Um, they are photography lenses. And I know there's a lot of cinema lenses out there, but the less expensive stuff tends to be uh, brands like Rokinon or Mikey. And they're nice, but I think the Sigma is a little higher quality, even though they're a photography lens. So maybe you'll get a little bit of a nicer image out of them. Yeah. So that's well, it's a good pack. Of, it's a good deal yeah. for the the package of them. You know, three three pack three of them for eleven hundred dollars isn't bad. No, it's a good kit. It's a good kit, and it's good ranges. Um, sixteen thirty fifty six. The crop factor on that is about a uh, one point nine. So hmm. you're you're in there with good ranges as far as what you'll need for a film, something wise of the medium, something a little telephoto. You know, they could always add something more telephoto in the future, but just for your like your base, like what you need, a sixteen and a thirty and a fifty six is a really good starting point and three lenses. So that's a really good starting place to place to start. Yeah. So what's the difference between the photography lens and a cinema lens? So photography lenses are they're meant for photo cameras, so they're going to have the manual. They're going to have the. I'm sorry. They're going to have um. You know, autofocus is going to work with the photography camera, and they'll work with like the one touch autofocus on the pocket cinema camera, which is a nice little feature. But you don't mm-hmm. want to rely on autofocus with this camera. It's going to be a right. lot more manual focus, which cinema should be anyway. Yes, <laughs> um, for sure. That might be a different philosophical discussion, but when people talk about cinema, it's you know yeah. you. You want to focus. You want to take that into your own hands. Yes, um, exactly. But they're they're gonna also not gonna have the like the gears on it for uh, putting a follow focus, mm-hmm. things like that. Whereas if you get the Rokinons that would be in the same price point, they'll have the gears on them, a declicked aperture as you go. Mm. Uh, but I I think that you know sometimes you got to look at different tools for the job, and I think these are nice quality lenses for the price. So oh, even good. though they may be photography lenses, they're not cinema lenses, a real cinema lens that's on a Rokinon, they start getting a lot more expensive, thousands of dollars, mm-hmm. more than the camera itself. So right. from a budget right. standpoint, I think these are you know a winner. Okay, good. So now the other thing, you asked me about a monitor, and yeah. I took it in a little different direction, and something maybe you didn't think of, you know, someone might not think about was the Pocket Cinema Camera 4K has a nice monitor on it. It's about five inches. Mm-hmm. But say, you know, director, you're going to have a shooter, you're going to have a cinematographer and the director. So instead I put the Aksun, uh, the Cine Eyes. What it yeah. is, is it's an, it's an HDMI transmitter that is Wi-Fi. So you plug in through HDMI into it, and it's going to send the signal out to up to four iOS devices. Mm-hmm. So the director could be the person who be a director and they have the guy shooting and they can have their iPad or even their iPhone and they can load up the app and they can use that as their director monitor. Oh, and, that's great. And if you have, and it can go to four devices. So even if the set gets a little bigger and maybe you happen to have a, you happen to have a shooter and a director of photography, I'm sure more in a micro budget, you're probably going to, have just a director of photography is going to be the shooter, but 
even if you, for one reason or another, had multiple people on set, you can have four iOS devices connected to this. Mm, that's so pretty four, cool. Yeah, so poor people can watch it on their phones, and it's um, it's you know, it has a battery in it. They have a less expensive model which doesn't have a battery that you'd have to plug in through USB. So I put the model that has um, a charged battery in it. So mm, one less thing to great. consider. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good idea. I like that. Yeah, it's something different. And I think that's one of the nice things I like about the pocket cinema is it has that big monitor. So yeah. some people who might be on a budget might look at like a mirrorless camera or DSLR, but then they, they rig it up with a with a bigger monitor. This already has the pocket already has a nice monitor, so mm-hmm. maybe look at a system for the director more cool. so than the camera person. That's great. Um, moving on now, batteries. I did something really. This is a really inexpensive solution for batteries. There are lots of different options for batteries. Went with very inexpensive solution, which is this Indie Pro L battery plate. It's just a little battery plate that takes um, a Sony L battery or an NPF style battery, which are much bigger batteries than the LPE6 the camera uses. So they probably last a lot longer. It's really inexpensive. It's probably the the cheapest inexpensive thing you can do as far as a battery with this camera. Hmm. But wow. it's probably going to last four or five times longer than just that LPE6 that would go in. It's right. a very small battery. Okay. Cool. You'd probably want at least two or maybe three of the NPF 975 batteries just to uh-huh. be good for a day. But I put one on there, but it's a pretty inexpensive solution. That's why I went with that one. We have other ones though. We have you know V mount battery systems that they can wire that they could um rig up to the rig up if they wanted to. But this, as far as something that's really inexpensive, Indie Pro Tools is pretty good stuff. Hmm. Yeah, and it clips right on the top of it. Right yes. on the cage, wherever you want want to have it, and just pop it in and pop it out. Yes. So, and that one, I believe, I'm pretty sure it has the, the um, the plug. It's not a dummy battery either, uh, if I remember what I'm looking at. No, it's a plug. Yep. It's a plug. Yeah, which is another reason I like it. A dummy battery is not a bad thing, but I do like the plug. Just having a plug as opposed to opening up that battery pack and having right. a dummy sticking out of it. So. Mm-hmm. That's why I like that one too. It yeah. does have the plug. Yeah, good. It gives you more flexibility. So, and then after that, rigging, I, I like Small Rig. Yeah. Um, Small Rig's the company that's been around for a while. We started selling them within the last couple of years. And their stuff is, it's amazing how good their stuff is for how inexpensive their stuff mm. is. Um, I put the half cage on there. They have full cages as well, but I think they're in the middle of a design change because I think a lot of the full cages we have now, they were they were new. They weren't in stock quite mm, yet. Okay. So I put one of the half cages because they're always, they're always churning out new cages and new designs, small. Okay. So this half cage is just the body. It doesn't come with the handles or any of the uh, other accessories. No, yeah. it doesn't. But the one thing is good about small works, they're very modular. So pretty much most of their handles will fit on it or they have a bunch of different handles. I put, I, I gave you the tripod mounting kit. Now that is got 50, it's a basically a 15 millimeter rail block. So you can have the 15 millimeters for follow focus for a mat oh. box for things like okay. that. That's cool. So you just pop the cage on top of the, the, um, the rail block. And then I put a couple of their foot long rods on there. Right. 
if you wanted to, you could add a handle to that. We have handle options. So the, you even have side handle options and top handle options. But just to start with the cage, the 15 millimeter rails, and then as far as inexpensive from there, Tilta came out with some really neat stuff. They came out with a really neat um, follow focus. It's wired. And they came out with their map box. I believe they're called Tilting. That's their new little um, brand which has some less expensive options. They both have a follow focus and a map box of both $99. Oh, cool. And they're really nice and they're very popular. The price is good, but they're also made pretty well for the price. Are they metal or plastic? They're probably a nicer a nicer quality of plastic. Yeah. I would put it like a nicer composite mm-hmm. of plastic. But they're not going to be metal. They're going to be like a higher okay. quality plastic. Cool. I gave you a tripod and it's an e-image, the EK60AM, AAM, EK60AAM. It has about 17 pound load capacity. Mm-hmm. As far as a more inexpensive tripod, it's a very nice one. Yeah, no, it looks nice. I like the legs. Yeah, no, it's a nice tripod. I feel like e-image is pretty good for the price and then... I don't know if you get a giant step up in quality if you start spending five or six hundred dollars on a tripod. In this case, you might have to really start. I always feel like to get a really dif- a real difference in in quality with a tripod, you have mm-hmm. to start looking at the thousand dollar stuff at the at the stuff that really gets a lot more expensive. Mm, okay. So if you're on a budget, it's it's good to stick with something like okay. the E Image. It's a nice tripod oh, for the money. Terrific. Um. And that that that's like the video stuff, and I think you had mentioned a gimbal yeah. a stabilizer. <laughs> I didn't put one on there, and I'm probably for a very good reason. <laughs> now you could always add it. Well, yeah. it's nice. They're nice to have. Don't get me wrong, and they're really nice. But I think they might be. Yeah, I think people might be quick to jump at getting one. Um, mm-hmm. they definitely have their purpose. They're great. Don't get me wrong. They're fantastic. Yes, exactly. You're going to end up blowing a lot of your budget. And they're difficult it. to use. They can be difficult to balance and um, use. You have to spend a lot of time getting to know them. And I find that even in, in, yes. in the pro situations, when I'm watching a lot of movies or TV, I find that they're overusing camera movement. We've lost the, the, <laughs> the, the beauty of good camera movement. Um, because it's just overdone and not done well, in my opinion. It's almost like uh, I feel like I'm watching a 70s film where they just got the zoom lens and they're really excited about making things zoom. It's we're, we're in that same boat with all these gimbals and moving cameras. And I just I just wish people would yes <laughs> give me get a tripod, put the camera on the tripod and leave it alone. Just frame it nicely and, and yes. you know, use your use your film grammar and understanding of how to tell the story with locked images before you start moving crap around. No, I totally agree with that. And I've, I've had this conversation with people. They say, I'm going to do this or that. And I have the camera. What do I need? What, what accessories do I need? And do I need a gimbal? It's like, well, how long you've been doing this? I'm new to this. (laughs) Well, then you should just get a tripod. Yeah. Because a steady shot is the best thing. It is the best steady shot thing. It totally is. Yeah, it's just you don't understand how great is to have a steady shot. And as you get more advanced and you want to do some stuff and you want to have the moving shots and you want to you want to learn and you want to pick up and you want to improve, then that's the time maybe you get a gimbal. And I do tell people a lot of times they're not – you just don't pick that 
they're great. I mean, we have a lot of great options. Moza, Zynutech, Ronin S, great options, but not without a learning curve. Yeah. They and people think that you put the camera on there, you turn it on, and it works. It's not that simple. You have to it has to be balanced right. perfectly. Otherwise you're putting strain on the motor and you're gonna drain the battery and you're gonna break yeah. it faster. It's gotta be balanced perfectly and that can take a little practice and patience i've used on my own one myself and it, you've got to really sit there and it, like inch by inch yeah. make sure it's perfect so if you're just starting out a tripod is a better way to go than worrying about getting those those yeah. running moving shots but it has a place it definitely does and there's options out there but i it has a place yeah it does have a place but we're almost getting to the point where, you know, just handheld camera, the, the video stabilization that you can put mm -hmm. in, in the camera and then in post um, almost negates is getting to the point where it'll negate the, uh, the, some of these devices. No, know? that's true. Um, and there also, there's, there's also, there's a, there's a, sometimes when you do handheld, there's a look to handheld. Yep. It, you want to have that little bit of that, that shake that handheld look mm -hmm. which actually was a thing <laughs> in filmmaking <laughs> yes. to have that yeah that, that shot that's handheld that you could tell is handheld mm -hmm. so there's that too so i was watching a preview for um one of these webinars and the guy they had a guy sitting in this nicely lit room very beautifully lit and the cameraman is, is doing the shaky cam and he's just sitting there and I'm going, why is there a shaky cam on this guy when he's, when he's just sitting there, there's no motivation for it. So distracting. Yeah. <laughs> you just think you just get a tripod and you fix that. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I mean, that was a choice. They didn't want, they didn't want the tripod. I'm sure they had one. They just decided not to use it. It definitely happens. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's where we are with the video stuff. And then I went a little further and you'd asked about lighting. Um, yeah. I asked one of my lighting guys, and he suggested for something that's on a micro budget, he said GVM. Mm -hmm. So I put a three light kit on there, and they very good stuff for the budget. Oh, good. So if someone is on budget, we have a three light kit on there. And I was also able to find a um, impact five in one collapsible circular reflector kit, which you know, nice if yep. you're outside and you're not using yep. lights, you have some mm -hmm. reflectors. Cool. Moving along, then the last thing I did was I put together a little budget audio yeah. package. It's good that, you know, hopefully people will use you know, off-camera audio yeah. if they can. Um, I tell people all the time that even with these nice cameras, even with the ones, even with the red camera, red camera doesn't, they, they don't have the audio, you, you know, the, a cheap inexpensive little portio, portable Tascam recorder is going to get better quality mm -hmm. than most of these cinema cameras because yeah, they are two separate things. So I built a kit around the Tascam DR40. Yeah. I like that. Okay, cool. Got a couple of XLR inputs, put, um, you know, uses a little micro SD cards mm -hmm. and I put a Senel shotgun mic. That's, um, that's, a, that's a, not a known brand, but it's a nice shotgun mic. Mm -hmm. There's on there also I have the you know the mic stand, so not the mic stand, the boom. Yeah. So you can um that's probably the preferred method for any kind of narrative film work. Yeah, it is. Is to have the shotgun mm -hmm. mic. Yes. So 
even as you get down there, I put a Sarmonic. Now we have this cool kit for a Sarmonic lav setup where it has two labs, um, two wireless lav mics that could be mic'd onto somebody. And then it has the XLR outputs okay. that they can plug into the Tascam instead. Mm-hmm. But that might be something someone doesn't need. They might, that Sarmonic unit is more than all the other mic stuff I have on there. That might be something to leave off. Um, because in reality, the big thing would be the shotgun mic. That's right. going to be the main thing I know for most filming like this. But right. there might be opportunities where you can hide a mic on someone. So yeah. I put a couple of, of wireless on there just to look at that too. But the shotgun mic's the thing. I yeah, think. that's the main the workhorse. But this is nice for those specials where you need it. Yes, but it would be nice. You know, you have the you have the Tascam. You have it. It's a nice little unit, mm-hmm. and then you can have this shotgun mic boom pole on there and you aim and you go and you get your audio right. that way now what's your what is your uh opinion about the uh, zoom h6 the zoom h6 that i like the, i like zoom too i always kind of let me just look that one up to see which one that is but i always tend to lead toward Tascam. yeah just because they're a little bit more affordable yeah tend to be anyway no, the H6 is very nice too. Yeah. That's the one that has the um the modules on the top. Yes. So that's a nice one too and I think they have a shotgun module, don't they? Yeah, they do. They I do don't know how much. effective it is, but Yeah. That's the thing. Those are nice. I mean, those are very nice to zooms. Yeah. And I like the different the different swappable modules on the top. Uh, but for a budget, yeah, which was my goal. <laughs> yes, for sure. This is this is this will get the job done. Yeah, this will get the the task in. We'll get the job done for the budget. And I know it has its own little decent mic on there as well. If you were in a pinch, you could technically use that mic that's on there. It's not the worst. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you'd want to probably stick with the shotgun mic. Um, and the other thing that's interesting is, yeah, that one right now is a good deal. We're running on that one. It's normally 179 We have it for 109 Oh, wow. That is a good deal. <laughs> I mean, that could change. Yeah. I mean, deals come and go, but that's a really good – that's what attracted me to that one. It's a nice one as it is. Yeah. Usually almost $200, but that's a really nice one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tascan's um, been around for a while. They tend to be very durable as well. Yes. And that one has really good reviews if you look on our website. Yeah. I'm looking at it now, 602 reviews and they're – has about a four and a half star rating Uh so that's a real really solid one that is yeah so that's very solid Tascam. uh when i was in doing weddings and i do my off-camera audio a lot of times i would ended up gravitating towards Tascam away from zoom at some point yeah not that they're bad but they're just a little more affordable and i like i like to save money (laughs) yeah for sure and this one looks like you could fit it in your pocket whereas the h6 you're not going to fit that in your pocket (laughs) oh yeah the h6 is a lot bigger and then we have other ones too i mean we have the ones that are more like uh, more like boxes but i went with this because it just seemed like for the value was just you can't beat that yeah sure that's great and that's pretty much that's the kit (laughs) that's great $5,000 $5,000 and you can go make a feature film. Yeah, I think so. Absolutely. Absolutely. You'd be yeah. ready to go. You know, you still have to buy the computer to edit it on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. But, you know, maybe we'll just assume you have that already. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, for this, sure. This is definitely a nice kit to get you up and running and get you out there shooting. 
And um, if anybody had any questions, they could reach out to B and H, uh, and if they, you want, they wanted to swap out something or they have something existing, yep, um, it's it's a good idea for them to contact you guys to make sure that the stuff is compatible that they have. Uh, yeah, with their, you can do that. Other we, we get lots of questions all the time, and that's what we're there for. We have our chat department. Phone yeah. lines are opened, but we have lots of ways for people to reach out to the experts and talk to us. I've bought a lot of stuff from, from you guys over the years. And I've, whenever I need some advice about some compatibility or what would be a good idea for a lens for this kind of situation or whatever, you guys are really prompt and you, you, you've given me lots of great options. Uh, well, I'm happy to, get to hear stuff that. We and, try. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we try. You also often have uh, some used equipment for sale, which I've noticed. I actually bought a camera from you uh, used, which I've been ha very happy with. So um, there's oh, also cool. other ways. I to... used. Yeah. What did you get, if you don't mind? It was the, uh, I got the Sony A7S II. Yes, that's a great camera. I like the Sony stuff. Um, but, you know, I didn't go with that for what you're talking about because that stuff's it's good. But... Um, you know, it doesn't, it does. There's some things maybe that a filmmaker might want that some of those mirrorless cameras don't have. Yeah. I purchased that for my wife cause she's a photographer and right. she wanted, she wants low light stuff. So yeah, no, that's perfect for yeah. that. That's mm -hmm. absolutely perfect. It's great for video too, but the stuff like the pocket cinema camera has the, all the, it has the raw recordings and it has the, you know, DCI, it's, you know, not just UHD 4k. It has the widescreen 4k and, Okay, yeah. at 60 frames per second, not just up to 30 frames right. per second. Lots of different things that something like the Pocket has that mirrorless Sony doesn't have. Even though there's, I love the mirrorless Sony. I have a couple of them myself. I have a friend who uh, is over in the Middle East and they have a ministry um, and they they do a lot of video and they're all black magic. You know, the pet black oh, magic wow. com camera that, you know, if you're in Jordan or Syria or whatever, they send them a black magic camera to go do their stuff. And that's, that's their baseline. Oh yeah. No, we definitely, that's definitely one of the hottest things is black magic. And, um, you know, we do have a lot of, we do have a lot of house of worships that ask for them. The switchers a lot of times, I mean, they can't be beat as far as what their prices are for the switchers and they, they make good stuff and they, they look good too. That's important. All right. So Joseph. Thank you so much for your time and all this work. My pleasure. Thank you for having me, Todd. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Maybe next year we'll uh, do this again and you can update me on uh, some new stuff. I'm looking forward to it. Happy to help. All the gear we talked about and a few more items can be found in the show notes of this episode. And if you have any questions, you can always contact B&H Customer Support for guidance. Since recording this episode, I've started to update some of the gear my boys and I use. I have one son in film school and another boy in high school who's following in my footsteps. We started with a Canon 7D many years ago, then we moved up to a Sony A7S II. But just recently, I've bought a Blackmagic Pocket Cinema Camera 4K, as Joseph recommended. I found that a lot of camera reviews are made by YouTubers and run-and-gun videographers who work on volume-oriented productions, shooting wedding real estate videos and local advertising. These videographers have different needs than what I'm looking for. They need smaller video files, and they don't have the time to do a lot of work grading footage. They tend to favor cameras with image stabilization, autofocus, and other bells and whistles, and prefer to work in a 10-bit log file format that gives them some latitude to grade the image in post, but not as much as in a raw format. The needs of a filmmaker making a feature film are different. 
The feature filmmaker is concerned about image quality first and foremost, and the Blackmagic Pocket Cinema Camera natively shoots in a raw file format that has a wide latitude for grading and post. So if you're in the market for updating your current gear package or you're just starting to get serious with filmmaking, I hope this podcast has been helpful. You can find BH Photo and Video on the web at bhphotovideo.com. Thank you for joining me on this episode of the Ministry of Motion Pictures podcast. You can find us on the web at ministryofmotionpictures.org. What we do in life echoes in eternity.